Well, let's get it rolling, guys. I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. Great Thanksgiving. Sorry we're starting a little bit later than usual. We're doing that because I was traveling the Sunday after Thanksgiving, as I know uh, many of you have been as well. So we are with you right now on Facebook Live. We're on Periscope. We're going to be up on the podcast later today. And if you are watching this, by the way, on, uh, let's say, Facebook Live or YouTube or on, on Twitter through Periscope, please be sure to go subscribe to our podcast. And when you leave us a rating and a review on the podcast, what do you get? A Heartland College Sports koozie for free from us as a thank you, a little token of our appreciation for those of you that are uh, rating and reviewing the podcast and subscribing to it. So just send me a screenshot of your rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com, and we'll get a free koozie in the mail for you guys. So what a weekend, by the way, of Big 12 football. I know some of you are licking your wounds, but considering Oklahoma-West Virginia was canceled, which was probably the second best game of the weekend on paper going into the weekend. We got a hell of a few games. Uh, We really did. Pretty exciting stuff in the Big 12 Conference. And let's get right to it and start off with the Friday game, Iowa State and Texas. And just be honest, uh, Iowa State fans, are you sitting here on Sunday still pinching yourself a little bit? The fact that you've got a 99% shot of winding up in the Big 12 Championship game in a couple of weeks in Arlington? I know it's a COVID year, so you can't pack the stadium down there. And uh, thank goodness, because the bars in, in Dallas have a chance to not run out of bush light. But I'm just saying, uh, you have got to be on cloud nine right now to that 23-20 win over Texas on Black Friday in a game that had it all back and forth. And then finally, Iowa State takes that lead uh, with under two minutes left. And then Texas has a chance to send it to overtime. They can't do it. And Iowa State holds on to first place in the Big 12 and essentially punches its ticket to the Big 12 championship game. Uh, Texas made some fatal mistakes down the stretch. We know about the fake punt at this point, right? Dumb, dumb, dumb by Tom Harmon. I can't say it enough times. For a guy that has been, at times this year, overly cautious, I guess I would say, to at that point in the game decide, you know what I'm going to do right now? You know what makes a lot of sense? Here's my time to go for the fake punt. I uh, Why? I just I didn't get it in that moment for a multitude of reasons. I, I just didn't get it. And at that point in time, I'm sitting there saying to myself, what is he doing? I, like, what is he doing? The momentum, Iowa State was coming off a field goal. They were down a touchdown. Your defense was playing pretty well. Why you then decide that that's your moment to try the fake the fake punt? I I just don't understand. I I really don't. But that's what Tom Hearn decided to do. It was not the factor that cost this team the game by any stretch of the imagination, but it was one of a handful. Um, and there's a lot to talk about in terms of what the future is going to be. For a guy like Tom Herman at Texas, we'll do that later in the week or even as the season comes to an end. But when you look at what Iowa State did, the fact that Brees Hall did not have his best game of the year, even close to it. He had 20 carries for 90 yards. Now, it was fitting he had the go-ahead touchdown late, uh, but it, it's this, this was not a guy that you know had himself one of his classic 140-yard games, two scores, and all that stuff. He didn't, but the team overcame it. 
They overcame it in a big way, and a large part of that is because of a defense that had six tackles for loss, a couple of sacks, and did a really good job on the day just pressuring Sam Ellinger, which we knew they had a chance to do. Um, And at the wide receiver position, what you've seen throughout the years, this Iowa State receiving core get more and more comfortable, and you saw Brock Purdy get more and more comfortable in a uh, week-to-week basis. Charlie Kohler, six catches, 130 yards. Uh, You saw these guys continue to just uh, play a major role. Shaw had himself a nice game with five catches for 60 yards. So you saw something that you didn't see early in the season, and you continue to see this throughout the year, and that is Brock Purdy getting more and more comfortable with these guys that he's got at wide receiver. Uh, And Brees Hall put it very well after the game. And we wrote about this at heartlandcollegesports.com, which I highly recommend you all go read if you haven't yet. And that is the fact that this team has a five-star culture, and it beats it beats uh, Tom Herman and the Texas Longhorns five-star players. That is worth something. And you saw that play out in real time on Saturday. It's a great line. Here's the problem for Texas. They've had the five-star players, and they've been getting beaten by five-star cultures all over the Big 12 for the better part of a decade plus now at this point. I mean, it's just unacceptable. And you know what I thought was very telling about this game too? Texas had the lead for basically the entire game. They were at home. You go back 10, 15 years ago, there's not a team in the Big 12 conference that has confidence that they can go to Texas, trail for the first 58 minutes, and feel like they've got a shot, and feel like they have some momentum, and feel like the game isn't out of reach. That tells you a lot about the mindset of where the Iowa State program is, but just as much it tells you about the opposing mindset and how it's changed when you play Texas now and you're any other team at the Big 12 Conference. You're in their house. I get it's not a packed stadium because of COVID, but you're in their house. And now nobody is afraid of playing Texas, and they certainly don't fear this program like Every team in America, for the most part, did a decade and a half ago, or even, geez, seven to ten years ago at this point. It's just not there. And old little Iowa State can go down to Austin, go down I-35. What's that drive, guys? You probably know it better than me. Three, probably, if you make the drive, it's probably 12 to 15 hours. And you cannot fear the fact that you're going to be down the first 58 minutes and still have a shot. What a job by Matt Campbell and... There's going to be talk about Campbell and whether or not he's going to stay. We will do more of that later on because this Sunday show is always about recapping the games. But please do throw in your questions and comments on Facebook Live, on Periscope, on Twitter. We'll get to them all here as the uh, show progresses. On What do we have on Periscope? What percent chance do you give Herman and Gundy of staying in their current roles? Herman, I would say a 55% shot that he will be the Texas head coach next year. Mike Gundy, 85% shot. He's the head coach at at, uh, Oklahoma State next year. I'd be very surprised if Mike Gundy is not the head coach at at Oklahoma State next season. That would be very shocking. Herman's probably 50-50 at this point. It depends what Urban Meyer's interest is in that job. Outside of Urban Meyer, I don't know where you're going to go where you say, oh, that's definitely an upgrade. It is. I mean, it's, you know, a game of inches. I hate to use a cliche, but it is. I mean, Texas could have won this game. Um, uh, you think about the TCU game, which if Keontae Ingram doesn't fumble at the goal line 
And, you know, they win that game. So it's a game of inches. It's a game of breaks sometimes. But you know what? You're at the pressure cooker of Texas. You know that if you're Tom Herman. And you got to live and die by it. You're getting paid six six mil a year. Uh, no excuses. Okay? Todd on Facebook Live. Campbell staying. Go ahead and skip that part of the show. <laughs> I know, Todd. Hey, hey, I, for my money, I think he's staying too. I do. But we'll have to address it at some point, probably middle of the week. We'll talk about that and a bunch more uh, other topics in our midweek podcast that we put out. You got to talk about it. But I do agree, Todd. I think that he's staying. I do. I think that Matt Campbell's going to be here in 2021. All right. So let's get to uh, game number two of the weekend. Texas Tech losing at Oklahoma State 50 to 44. Didn't this game feel like a classic Big 12 game out of the 2010s? Like early 2010s, Big 12 game, 94 points scored, quirky things happening all over the place. Uh, returned onside kick attempts for touchdowns. It was a weird game. Very weird game. Oklahoma State got it done. Before I get to the game, well, I'll get to the game here and start off with the star of the game. And that was Desmond Jackson. You saw the future of the Oklahoma State backfield without Chuba Hubbard. L.D. Brown was also out. And Desmond Jackson, 235 rushing yards, three touchdowns, 6.5 yards per carry. What a day and what a back. It looks like he's going to be in Stillwater. You're going to be ending up saying Chuba who? Uh, that's what you're going to be saying in Stillwater here moving forward because that dude is freaking, uh, he is a beast and a half back there, Desmond Jackson, Juco transfer, big old boy. But I got to get on Desmond Jackson. He cost me a 4-0 week against the spread, okay? I like you, Desmond. I think you got some talent, young man. But you cost me a 4-0 week against the spread, against the number. You're killing me. If you saw it, to clinch the game, they handed off to uh, Jackson, and you know he could have run right into the end zone for a score with about a minute left in the game, and that would have put Oklahoma State up by 12, extra point pending. Instead, he slides down at the three-yard line, and then Oklahoma State kneels out the clock uh, to win the game by six. It was a 10.5-point spread, my man. You're killing me. You score the touchdown, you're running in the end zone, and I've got a 4-0 week, and I'm, I'm flying high. Instead, i got a 3-1 week. And let me take this moment to remind you we're brought to you by MyBookie.com. Use the promo code BIG12, that's BIG12, for a 100% sign-up bonus. That means you put in $100, bucks at MyBookie.com, you get that same amount of money in free play. You want to use it on Big 12 Saturdays. we got two of them left, then the Big 12 championship game. You want to use it in college, any other conference, in the NFL, mybookie.com with the promo code BIG12, BIG12, will take care of you. They've been an important partner of ours for several seasons here, and it's because you guys support them just like we support them. And where else are you going to get that kind of a deal, by the way? I mean, you know, we're pushing to the NFL playoffs here. There's plenty of free play money you could use. So basically, you get the money put in your account for free. You use it however you want. And it's mybookie.com promo code BIG12, BIG12 for that 100% sign-up bonus. All right, back to the uh, Oklahoma State-Texas Tech game. Oklahoma State gets it done. There was a hangover coming off of Bedlam. You saw some of that. It had the writings of it all afternoon. Um, But... 
in the end, Oklahoma State didn't have its best defensive performance. All right? It didn't. The the, the um, Cowboys gave up 258 rushing yards and three scores. Sir Roderick Thompson was a beast with 17 carries for a buck 33. Uh, that was the poorest defensive performance that Oklahoma State has put on all season. 381 passing yards by Alan Bowman. And what was interesting is you didn't see Henry Columbia in there. It looks like Texas Tech has gotten back to Alan Bowman at quarterback. And I I don't blame him. You know, I, I don't. Henry Columbia was the kind of guy, he gave you a little spark off the bench. Uh, he played well early on. But I, Henry Columbia is not a Power 5 quarterback. I mean, not for a team that plans on, like, trying to win football games. Okay? Uh, nice Nice player. Looks like an okay backup. Uh, if you need a few yards on the ground at a third and short, I'd give him the ball over Alan Bowman, of course. But Alan Bowman had a couple of throws along the sidelines that showed you what Cliff Kingsbury saw in this dude when he recruited him out of Grapevine, Texas, as a three-star guy. And what got him off to such a great start under Cliff Kingsbury. And whether or not you think Cliff Kingsbury should still be the head coach in Lubbock, that's a topic for another day, too. We'll get into a lot of those topics for another day. This guy knows the quarterback position, okay? He does. And Alan Bowman, I know the interception was bad. He stared down the receiver. It was a bad interception, really bad interception that he threw. But of the 45 passes he attempted, he completed 30, and in a lot of those plays, a lot of those passes, Henry Columbia couldn't throw those, play, throw those passes in his sleep. He just couldn't do it. So I think you got to ride or die with Alan Bowman the rest of the way. I know he's a statue back there, and that should concern you. But, uh, you know, it's not like Oklahoma State's defensive line had itself a field day. It didn't. It only had one sack and three tackles for loss in the afternoon and two quarterback hurries. Uh, For a very good Oklahoma State defensive line, they did not own the Texas Tech offensive line like a lot of people thought they would, myself included. So whether it's a combination of Bowman being a little more cognizant and and aware in the pocket, the offensive line stepping up, certainly the running game had itself an afternoon. So I'm going to ride with Alan Bowman, figure out if he's my guy. But I really think that if the right pieces are around Bowman and on both sides of the ball, Alan Bowman can, can, I'm not saying he can win you a conference title. I don't know about that. But I believe Alan Bowman's the guy that in a traditional 12-game year, you can win eight games with him at quarterback. Maybe nine if things break right, seven if they don't. But I think Alan Bowman can be that kind of a power five quarterback uh, for this team and for this program. So, I, you know, I, I feel good about that. Now, uh, Oklahoma State, you know, you're still sitting there in the Big 12 and you're saying, okay, uh, we're five and two. Um you know, outside looking in, you got a shot, but it looks like, I mean, for all intents and purposes, Oklahoma State can still make the Big 12 championship game, uh, but that would require Oklahoma to slip up here in the next couple of weeks. So that still needs to happen uh, for the Oklahoma State Cowboys, who, by the way, have to win out. They've got TCU and Baylor the rest of the way, and then Oklahoma has to slip up in one of their next two games. But Oklahoma State still has a shot at a Big 12 championship. Then we've got the K-State-Baylor game. Baylor winning this one 32-31 on a game-winning field goal yesterday in Waco. Uh, I was thinking about this last night. Charlie Brewer had himself a good game. 
Charlie Brewer is going to be one of those guys, and Baylor fans are going to scream about this, but I really believe that Charlie Brewer is going to be one of those guys that Baylor fans knocked a lot more than they should have and won't really appreciate till long after he's gone. This guy is a tough SOB. 31-39, 349 yards, two touchdowns last night, 23 carries, 56 yards on the ground, two rushing touchdowns, led the team on the ground, led the team in passing, obviously, had himself a very good game. You know, he's not... Uh, Baker Mayfield. He's not Kyler Murray. He was never the best quarterback in the Big 12. Maybe a better quarterback last year would have gotten him over the hump and then would have beaten Oklahoma twice. I don't know. But I do know this. The guy loves his team. Uh, He loves the program. He's tough as could be. And he's the reason. The guts of Charlie Brewer are what got this team a win against Kansas State in comeback fashion yesterday. I firmly believe that. I really do. And Baylor, if they were going to get that second win of the year, it was going to have to be this Kansas State game. They've got the Oklahoma teams uh, to close things out. So that's going to be very, very tough down the rest of the stretch for the Baylor Bears. But I'll give it to them. You know, they got a scrappy win in comeback fashion uh, last night against Kansas State, a reeling, reeling Kansas State program. Uh, There's no other way to put it. And I wrote about this at heartlandcollegesports.com. I suggest you read it. It's our lead, lead story right now about the Kansas State Wildcats. I'm very confident that Kansas State is going to be in a very good place as a program under Chris Kleiman. That being said, this season has gone from overly successful to a disappointment. Now, if you told me for Kansas State that they'd be 4-5 and five going into their last game, they'd be 4-4 four and four in the Big 12 going into the Texas game, I'd say, geez, that's a hell of a season. New offensive line. If I if you told me that Skylar Thompson went down and they'd be four and four in the Big Twelve going into the Texas game, I'd say, holy smokes. I mean, holy crap, that's incredible. But the fact that this team has now lost four in a row, and you can question the coaching staff for two of those losses. Notably the Oklahoma State game where they chased points in the first half. Instead of kicking the extra point, then they had to go for a two-point conversion late in the fourth quarter. That was dumb. You don't chase points in the first half. And then you look to what happened uh, yesterday. Some questionable coaching, especially by Courtney Messingham, the offensive coordinator who's getting roasted right now by the K-State faithful. You know, K-State was having itself a pretty good game early on, especially offensively. Harry Trotter was getting in the mix. And then the guy, they just stopped giving him the ball. He was averaging like four and a half yards a carry. They stopped giving him the ball early in the second quarter. I don't know whatever happened to the guy. Uh, Will Howard, they're always trying to run him between the tackles on a third and short. You got a young offensive line. It was working on the outside. Hit the outside edge. I, You know, Will Howard's a freshman. He's not a big dude. I just, I don't get some of the play calling. And I think that, um, uh you know, you look at some of the play calling, it can be questioned. And Chris Kleiman didn't exactly go to bat for his offensive coordinator. He, he said after the game, people are questioning the play calling. He said, you'll have to ask uh, Coach Messingham when you talk to him next. So he was not going to bat for his guy. That is uh, fairly telling by K-State and, and what's going on there. Now, So I still feel great about where the program is. I, I don't have any questions about that. But 
you can still say this season has now turned into a disappointment because of how it started. Both those things can be true at the same time. Uh, so there you have it in the Baylor K-State 32-31 uh, win by the Bears. And last and always least is whoever plays Kansas. I, you know, I got to be honest. I don't think they, they pay me enough here at Heartland College Sports, which I own, by the way. That's the joke, to watch KU football every Saturday. I, I just don't. <laughs> it's difficult, all right? It's very difficult to sit here and watch this team when they're at best a 25-point underdog and they end up losing by you know 35 to 50 points every week. It's just crazy. Uh, we hit this game. Once again, we hit three of the four games this weekend. We, we won the Iowa State as a pick em, or wherever you got in, whatever it was. We won the Iowa State game. Uh, we lost the Oklahoma State game. We had OSU minus 10. We could have gotten it if Desmond Jackson ran in the touchdown there at the end. He decided to slide down at the two-yard line. Uh, we won K-State plus five and a half, and then we won TCU minus 24 or 25, depending on where you had the number. But uh, it's hard to gather what anybody is when they play Kansas. We know Kansas is really bad. Miles Kendrick gave him a little bit of a spark at quarterback off the bench. I would not settle in. I know Jalen Daniels has been the starting quarterback as a true freshman. Um, I would see what Kendrick can do for you here these last couple of games. I mean, I hate to say it, but what do you have to lose? He's a junior. He'll be a senior next year. Maybe that's a guy that gets you a little bit of juice next season if this young team starts to come together. Uh, they had a very good performance by a kid at running back, Amari uh, Pisek-Hickson. Pisek, Pisek. I, I had the game on my phone last night on mute. So I'm watching the K-State Baylor game on the TV. I've got the KU-TCU uh, game on my phone. I wasn't listening to it, so I apologize if I got his uh, uh, got his pronunciation wrong there. But he's another freshman who's starting to show some, some spark. That's what you want to see. This is all a trial and error season for Les Miles. It's what it's got to be. And somebody had to do this. Somebody had to strip this thing down, stop trying to recruit some JUCO players to win three games, and really try to build it back up. They're doing it the right way. I say it every week, but, man, it's tough to watch. And for TCU, you know, they get back to the 500 mark. How about this stat line for Max Duggan? 3 of 11, 96 yards, three touchdowns. Three passes, three touchdowns, <laughs> 96 passing yards. Uh, that is That is a stat line that you might only see in a Kansas football game. So TCU's got one game left. They've got Oklahoma State uh, this weekend. And then they're all in the books uh, for the Big 12 season. But it's three straight 500 years for Gary Patterson. And that is, for how TCU has recruited, that's unacceptable based on how they've recruited. All right? Uh, I, I like what they've got going there. There's some young, good players. Zach Evans getting more and more reps running back. He was a five-star stud coming out of high school. Uh, I like that he's getting a lot of attention. I think Duggan's the guy at quarterback, but it's hard to take anything away from what a team does uh, when they play Kansas, which is what TCU did yesterday in a 59-23 to win. Uh, let's see. What do we got on Facebook Live? Uh, do, 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 do. Heard on another podcast. This is Roger. A group of analysts were talking about Texas, Iowa State, trying to figure out what went wrong with Texas. They thought it was development, said Iowa State looks like an NFL team. I mean, I, Iowa State tonight's team. I don't, you know, 
Alabama might look like an NFL team, but even I think they get smoked by an NFL team. That old debate, like, does the worst NFL team, if they go up against the best college team in Alabama, what happens? I still think the NFL team wins by, you know, four touchdowns, but that's just me. I'm not sure what to make of that statement, Iowa State looks like an NFL team. I mean, they've got nice players. They're not an NFL team. Texas certainly has a problem with development. I mean, Texas's problem is not recruiting. All right? Tom Herman's got three straight classes, top five in the country, I believe it is. Yet he's he has not won a Big 12 title when he's got Sam Ellinger, a quarterback, who's the best quarterback who stepped foot on campus since Colt McCoy, you know, over a decade ago. It's unacceptable. Even though they're close losses, it is unacceptable. So I think player development is part of the game. It can't just be about recruiting. You've got to be able to develop. And how about what Mac Brown is doing? Right over what? Has it been a decade since he was canned by Texas? This guy's got half the resources that he had at Texas. He's got half the talent in the region that he had at Texas. And I know he lost the game uh, on Friday at North Carolina, but he's continuing against Notre Dame, but he's continuing to prove that this guy is a hell of a coach. And, uh, you know, maybe Texas did pull the plug on him too early. Maybe the Texas boosters and the administration got a little too greedy. A little too greedy. All right? Pete, what do you think the win does for Coach Aranda moving forward? I, that's Patrick on Facebook Live. Uh, nothing Patrick outside of letting him kind of breathe a sigh of relief. Uh, there's, a, I guess, a portion of Baylor fans that are upset with how the season has gone, and, and they should be coming off a Big 12 title uh, appearance last year. But a lot of key players left. Matt Rule knew what he was doing. All right, Matt Rule knew that he got a little bit lucky last year. A lot of key players are going to be gone. He always wanted to be in the NFL. He got out at the right time. Um, Dave Aranda, first-time head coach, COVID year, tough spot for him. I don't think he's in any trouble. I think Baylor's given him all the resources that he needs. I question the offense and what what is going on with the offensive play calling at times with Larry Fedora. I mean, they don't run the ball like ever. I don't really get it. I think they've got some good running backs there. I know the offensive line is, is not very good. Uh, but I've had some questions on the offensive side, but I think this whole staff is going to come back in year two. They're not going to make any rash decisions uh, after a COVID year with a first-time head coach. I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, also on Facebook Live, Yvonne, you don't have to watch the KU games. I'm a lifetime fan, season ticket holder, will continue to do so. I've had family that played for K-State and was never or ever will be a fan of K-State. I'm sticking by my Jayhawks, but you don't have to watch the games. Um, well, I will keep watching the games because that's what we do here at Heartland College Sports. We cover the entire Big 12, top to bottom, no matter who you are, how good or how bad you are. I say that tongue-in-cheek earlier. Those are some of the top comments that we've got here on uh, on. Twitter and Facebook. So is this the Oklahoma in and win in your situation? That's on Twitter. No, no, no. It's not winning. It's not. OU's got two games left. All right. They got to win out. Um, they can't lose a game because if they lose a game and Oklahoma State wins out, Oklahoma State's in the Big 12 title game against Iowa State. All right. So that's where that stands right now. And that's what we got to keep an eye on. I'm Pete Mundo. Heartland College Sports Weekly is the show. HeartlandCollegeSports.com is the site. We are on Facebook Live. We're on Periscope. Don't forget, if you're on the podcast, uh, leave us a rating and a review. Send me a screenshot of your rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com, and we'll get you that koozie. By the way, guys, if you haven't signed up yet for our message boards, 
please do that. We are building a community there. We're trying to you know, bring in more conversation there as well. I'm always on there being active, talking to you guys, responding to messages as best as I can. So please do go check us out on the message boards. They are free to sign up. We give away $20 gift cards as well. And of course, mybookie.com with the promo code BIG12, BIG12 for that 100% sign up bonus whatever your deposit is double your money at mybookie.com with the promo code big 12 big one two you guys have a great rest of the week we'll talk to you middle of the week for our uh, podcast only shows all right enjoy it get there subscribe we'll talk to you soon guys have a great week and uh, hope you had a great thanksgiving thanks so much